Hi, Family Church Waterside. Um, Sunday night at eight o'clock, so it's time for Sunday Night Local. Uh, it's great to have this opportunity to be with you um, again. I'm so glad you're able to join us. Um, if you're watching this live, don't forget to say hi in the chat, which I think is that side. <laughs> Maybe that side, I'm not sure. Um, but please say hi in the chat. Um, Wendy will be putting up the scriptures and um, other things like that as well. We had a great um, uh, live service this morning. It's just so, 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 so good. Just a, um, just a great message on being Christ-centred. Uh, so let's continue to carry that uh, message um, in our hearts. Um, but we're going to be starting to look at some um, different stuff uh, tonight, as I mentioned last week. Um, but just before we get into that, yeah, it's just great to see you all. You know, we miss we miss you, of course. We miss uh, physically meeting. That's kind of where things are at at the moment. But um, we continue to pray for you all. Continue to pray as we have done right from the beginning. Believe you know for God's peace and just uh, just His prosperity and just His provision um, in, in uh, every area of your life. Um, yeah, we just continue to break, believe that um, over you. So um, just talking about physically meeting, there are a couple of things that we're looking at and. I know I've been mentioning this for a number of weeks. Um, we are getting very close now to having a date. Okay, there's been uh, quite a lot to do in the background because obviously for us as a congregation, we need to hire a different um, high center because obviously we can't use the office because of social distancing. Um, so we'll be looking at different places for that. So we'll have a, we'll have a date very, very soon. Um, or we'll, we'll let you know. So we're looking at um, doing a physical prayer meeting. Um, yeah, so that should be in the coming weeks. And it was also mentioned on the live stream this morning, live service this morning, um, where the, the all locations, family church locations, are looking at running momentum, um, running physical momentum meetings. So um, there's, there's stuff again going on behind the scenes towards side, and we should have a date, or dates for that very, very soon. So it's kind of watch this space on both of things. So that's a prayer meeting and uh, momentum youth. So that'd be great. Praise God. So um let's just pray before we get into the word of god thank you lord thank you god lord i thank you for another opportunity just to come around your word and to to, to study scripture lord god and i pray lord that every single person listening tonight lord lord me included lord will have open hearts oh god open hearts to what you want to say lord speak to us speak to us clearly you know say what you want to say Lord, may it not be head knowledge lord it may be lord lord absorbed as we hear it lord but it will get down deep um, into into our spirits, then deep into our hearts, Lord God, and they'll Lord change change our lives, Lord. It will change change our thinking, or change our outlook, Lord. Just say what you want to say, Lord. We just open, Lord, to whatever you want to do tonight in Jesus' name, Amen, Amen. So I mentioned last week um, that we finished a series on faith, and we looked at we'd been looking at Hebrews eleven, of course. We looked at the life of Abraham, what we could learn from his his journey with God, his faith journey with God, and then we had a couple of weeks looking at Gideon. Um, we've had messages from Dan Webb and from Steve Smith as well, which were awesome um, on the journey, uh, on the, just on the subject of faith. But that's kind of ended the series on faith. And tonight we're going to start looking at the fruit of the spirit. And doing this, this is happening in every family church location. We're looking at the same, the same topic. So we're starting a brand new series on the fruit of the spirit. And I believe it's going to be great. It's just because God just, just, just gives us that foundational understanding and just reveals new stuff about what it means for the fruit of the spirit to to outwork uh, in our lives. I'm just excited what God's going to do through that and what he's going to teach us. So going to kind of go back to a few kind of basics first, just so we're all on the same page. It's really important. Um, it's firstly that when you become a Christian, then, then we all know the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God comes to dwell inside us. That the Spirit of God himself 
and actually genuinely come to live inside us and that's, that's incredible don't ask me how that physically actually works <laughs> you have to ask God himself about that but the Holy Spirit of God dwells in every believer aren't you, aren't you glad for that so you know where we go the Spirit of God um, goes with us amen now let's look at what the Apostle Paul says about that in 1 Corinthians 6 19 it says this don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God you do not belong to yourselves well, God bought you with a high price. And of course, so the high price is talking about the cross and you know the massive price that Jesus paid. He couldn't have paid a higher price than to give his own life in exchange. It was given his life in exchange for, for, for our life to, to buy back us. So we've been bought at a price. We've been bought at a massive price. We don't actually belong to ourselves. You're a believer. And watching this, then we no longer belong to ourselves. We now belong to God. Amen. But our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And he, and he lives in, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and that is a gift of God. Jesus had promised to his disciples that he would, he would as he went to heaven, then he would send a comforter, and, and the, the Holy Spirit that would come and dwell, uh, dwell within them. So the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What, is, what, is that, what does it actually mean? Well, the Holy Spirit literally dwells inside us. That's incredible. Your body is a temple. <laughs> you feel like it's a temple physically? I don't know. But the reality is spiritually, your body is a temple. And it's a temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. Amen. Where we go, we carry the we carry the Spirit of God. Amen. You know, and as we don't belong to ourselves, we're bought at a price, and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So there's there's, a, there's an outworking to that. And it's not just like, well, that's nice, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. I mean it's more than just nice, it's incredible, right? But but there's more to it than that. Because there's a there's always purpose. Remember, there's always purpose in everything God does. And there's a purpose behind the Holy Spirit living inside us, so so He can outwork in us, so that He He can change us. You know, as as believers, as, as Christians, now we are not normal. Now, if you sat with someone next to you, it's about like church on Sunday mornings. Sat with someone next to you, turn to them and say, "You are not normal." You know, the reality is, you know, we are not normal people. Now, what I mean by that is we're spiritual. We're, we're spiritual people. We're spiritually we're spiritually alive. Of course, anyone on this planet can be aware. Of, of their spirituality and the, the reality of that they're created by God and of course we can all know that but for us who've had our spiritual eyes opened as, as Christians you know we, we know we're, we're not normal <laughs> and because we are, we are spiritual beings and it's because we're spiritual beings that the Holy Spirit can dwell within us and, and remember what I said is God, God has always got purpose to everything he does so the purpose of him filling us with the Holy Spirit is for that to outwork in our lives for him to be able to change us as, as a spirit of God dwells within us where we go he goes and you know he, he we start to become um you know more like more like jesus as, as the spirit of god has more and more influence uh, upon our lives now that's the reality is god's desire for you is to make is to make you more like him god's desire is for your nature to become his nature amen now that's part of the well that's the essence of the not part of it's the essence of the christian calling is to become more and more like Jesus amen and God's desire is for us to always be fruitful what do we mean by fruitful it means God's desire for us is to always be changing in him God's desire for us always to be growing in him um, you know for, for us for us to change and become more Christ-like it's, it's always God's desire for us to be fruitful whatever your, whatever your background however long you've been a Christian God wants you to bear fruit we know about John uh, John 15 and you know when Jesus said I am the vine and you are the branches he was talking about that and if you you know if you remain in him then you will be fruitful and without him you can you can do nothing 
Um, you know, if you remove yourself from the vine, then then you're not going to be fruitful. You're just going to kind of you know die in a sense. You're not going to produce anything at all. There will be no fruit. You know, so we have to remain planted in in Jesus, who who is the vine, and we are the branches. Amen. So God's desire for us to always be fruitful, to always be growing, to always be fruitful for him. And you know, in the context of the fruit of the spirit, that means us changing to be more like him. That God God desires to grow fruit in us. Just like there is in, in, in the natural world and we have fruit trees, don't we? And you know, they when a when a fruit tree is healthy, it's you know, say an apple tree, obviously lots of fruit trees don't grow in this country because it's not warm enough. Um but the ones that do grow in this country, uh, things like apples, um you know, if it's a healthy apple tree, then they will produce will produce fruit. And in fact, they even produce even more trees. You know about the, the seed that's inside the fruit, and the seed falls to the ground, and then it either either a gardener can intentionally do it, or it will just naturally happen anyway. As the seed falls into the ground, it will then produce more more trees. So God's God's put that in in nature in the very way that nature works. So it's God's desire for us to be fruitful. And right back in Genesis, in terms of human beings, God said to Adam and Eve, you know, go and multiply and and, and be fruitful, have children. So God's desire is always, always for us to be fruitful. And in terms of the Holy Spirit and, and the fruit of the Spirit, God desires to grow that in us. Amen. So let's look at what the fruit of the Spirit is. A very well-known scripture. This is in Galatians 5. So this is Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. Galatians 5, 23. The Holy Spirit produces, it says, but to the Holy Spirit. And we'll come back to why he says but there. Okay, we'll come back to looking in the context in a minute. But let's just start with 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Amen. You know, what always strikes me, you know, about those about those nine nine aspects of fruit that are listed there. You know, is that not a description of Jesus? That is it's completely, as far as I'm concerned, a description of who Jesus was and the very nature that Jesus had. You know, and of course, Jesus was living out the very nature of God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was God in human form um, on, on this earth. But that is a description of Jesus. You know, Jesus was so loving in everything he did. He always had compassion. He always had had empathy. You know, even when he was on the cross itself, he could say, you know, "Forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing." Even, even, even on the cross itself, he was still showing showing love. Amen. You know, Jesus, Jesus always had so much peace. You know, the, the stories like him sleeping during <laughs> during the storm in, in the boat, and the disciples were freaking out and thinking they're all going to die. And Jesus had total peace. He had total trust in his Father. Jesus was incredibly patient, and you know, his disciples. And, and the people around him certainly could have easily tried his patience. Um, but Jesus was incredibly, incredibly patient, you know, with all those around him. That was again expressed in, in, in his love. Amen. Jesus, Jesus had total self-control. A great description of Jesus. So many times it would have been so easy for Jesus to react in a human way. Remember, God had, remember Jesus was fully human and, and fully God um, at the same time. And it would have been so easy for Jesus to react in a human way way but he had total self-control and this is all because he he was completely subject to the, to the spirit of god himself amen you know and, and just as jesus was subject to the spirit of god then we are subject to the spirit of god so just like jesus could deal with self-control or could live out in, in a self-controlled way then, then we can do that and jesus had so many there were so many um opportunities there would have been you know for jesus to react 
you know, in a different way, you know, when it, the way he was arrested and the way Judas betrayed him and the way his disciples let him down and, and the way they were, um, you know, things totally, that were totally unfair, um, you know, happened to Jesus and all these totally unfair accusations. There are times when he just kept, it says he kept his mouth shut, um, you know, leading up to the cross when he was arrested and just kept his mouth shut because that was him operating again um, in, in, in self-control and, you know, didn't say the first thing that came into his head. <laughs> But he, he dealt with it in a self-controlled way because he knew it was all, all God's plan um, for him to go to the cross. He had self-control, you know, when he was in the battle and the, the battle kind of in the mind, battle of his mind was going on in the Garden of Gethsemane the night before the cross. And you know, but he, you know, he was being tempted or you know, felt tempted not, not to go to the cross because he knew what it was going to, you know, entail. And, you know, but he made his, his will subject and said, you know, said to his father, you know, not, not my will, but yours. Be done that's that operating under self-control so you see that throughout of jesus life love and joy and peace and and kindness and, and all the rest operating in the life of jesus over and over and over again and that's because the life jesus's life was fully submitted uh, to the spirit of god and outworked in his life that he had the very nature of god was was outworked so that so the fruit of the spirit basically is the very nature of god himself amen so it's god's intention to grow this grow this fruit in us so it's important to look at the context of what the Apostle Paul is saying here. So I'm going to look at the verses kind of either side of it. You know, got the Holy Spirit, Jesus is kind of proven our lives, love and joy and peace. And then when it lists all the nine, um, we're going to look at the, the scriptures kind of before that and afterwards, just to kind of put it in context of what Paul is saying here. So God's intention is to grow, grow this fruit in us. Let's look at the verses before. So this is Galatians 5, um, verses 16 to 18. It says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Awesome. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. So Paul's clearly talking here, talking here about the two different natures and that we have an old nature, we have a sinful nature and that na nature was, was nailed to the cross itself, was, was, has, been, has been dealt with once and for all. But the old nature can try and rear its, kind of rear its ugly head uh, all the time. And, and there can be this battle that goes on in, in our minds, that's what Paul's talking about here, where these, these, these two, it says verse 17, these two forces are constantly fighting. Uh, each other. Although our sinful nature is dealt with and has no longer has any control or power over us. It is it's dead and buried in that sense, but it can try and rear its rear its ugly 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 head. Um, can try and rear its ugly head. Um, you know, and that's you know when we when we give in to temptation. Um, you know, when when that happens. You know, the, the sinful nature. The goal is to please self. When you operate under the sinful nature, the goal is just to please please yourself, not anybody else, not God. Just to please, please yourself is essence. Essence of it is selfish, but God's nature. When we're subject to God's nature, the goal is to please God. Amen. So the nature of God is the very opposite of our sinful nature. Is what Paul is talking about here. But he says, starts with by saying, "So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives." So again, this is where this is so key. When we're sub subject to the Holy Spirit and His outworking in our lives, you know, then we'll be fruitful. We won't live to please sinful nature. You know, sinful nature is dead and buried, but kind of trying to uprise again in in our lives you know we won't we won't try and live you know for sin and, and give in to temptation because we will live to please god and not live to please self amen so the key to successful christian living and you know this might be a revelation to you tonight but so um can you know carry this uh, into your lives 
Um, but we all need to hear this, is the key to successful Christian living is to live subject to the new nature. To live subject to the new nature, not any other, other natures, not what the world is doing. Remember Paul, Paul says, Romans 12, 1 and 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of, of your mind. You know, this world has a pattern, this world has a way of doing things, but we're subject to a, to a different kingdom, amen, and a, and a different nature. So the key to successful Christian living is to live subject to the new nature, the, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And it's important to say, and, and therefore not to strive in your own strength. If you're trying to be a successful Christian in your own strength, what I want to say to you as your pastor is stop. Stop doing your own strength. I'm deadly serious. Stop doing it in your own strength. Because if you're just doing it in your own strength, um, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere. Um, you're just you're just gonna fall flat on your face. We're not we're not trying to strive just to be different. Does God want us to be different? Absolutely. Does God want us to be more Christ-like? Absolutely. But are we are we supposed to do that in our own own strength? And you know that is not God's intention at all. You know the successful Christian life is not a behaviour modification program. Pastor Andy talks about this talks about this a lot and it's you know it's a, it's a great truth that you know Christianity was never intended to be a behavior modification program and what I mean by that is just like trying to be a bit harder almost like like when someone you know in a natural way if someone goes to prison and they kind of they they get taught some stuff and they try to, to rehabilitate them and um you know teach them how to live a different way and all those things are good so I'm not suggesting that rehabilitation isn't a good thing but the the thing is unless that person is saved so the reality is they're still subject to the sinful nature, right? You know, unless their thinking's been completely changed and completely transformed, their sinful nature dealt with, then they may look at some situations a bit differently because they've had some good teaching in their in their rehab, but they essentially will still be the same person, and and they won't they won't be completely transformed, and that's what they need is a transforming power, you know, of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, Amen. So, don't try and do things in your own strength. Don't just think, oh well, if I just try and you know control my behavior or modify my behavior and you know and just just think that that's what the christian life is because that's kind of just just missing the point should our behavior change absolutely totally should but it's because of the the holy spirit outworking in our life and, and god's nature you know becoming our nature as that outworks in our lives amen so paul goes on to expand a bit further um on the two natures so this is continuing from galatians 5 19 to 24 so it includes the fruit of the spirit a bit in verse 22 and 23 so let's continue verse 19 paul says this when you follow the desires of a sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness and wild parties and other sins like these <laughs> quite a list right let me tell you all again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but, remember I said that the, the but, sounds a bit strange, the but is important, but the but that's written there is very important because it's, it's talked about the whole uh, sinful nature and, and what that looks like, what the sinful nature looks like. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit, but that's not who you are. This, this, is, this is who you are. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the point that Paul's making. He produces love and he produces joy and peace and patience and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. Verse 24, and then look at what he says, the other side of that passage. Verse 24, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another 
or be jealous of one another. Amen. So we now live by the Spirit. Remember, we've already talked about that. We've now the passion, desires, the sinful nature to the, to the cross. You know, the, Paul talks about the old is gone and the new has come, that we are brand new creations. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? You're a brand new creation. If the devil ever brings up your past, remind him that you have a revelation. You are a brand new creation. He has no, that old person of who you were is, is, is gone and dead and buried. And you know, those passions and desires that came as us out of the sinful nature were nailed to the cross and are forgiven and forgotten. Amen. Psalm 139 says that as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgressions from us. Amen. God, God is, you know, when we've asked God to forgive our sin, um, you know, it's, it's forgiven and, and it's forgotten. Aren't you glad that God doesn't ever bring it up? Again, amen. The devil may try and bring it up, or we may try and bring it up ourselves and, and condemn ourselves, but God never brings those things up because as far as he's concerned, it's completely dealt with. It's been it's been taken away as far as the east is from the west. Amen. Amen. So it's about being subject to our new nature, subject to our new nature, not, not a behaviour modification programme, as as we said. It's not we just try a bit harder each day. I think, well, I'm just I'll just try hard today, I'll try a little bit harder. Than I tried yesterday. No, I'm not saying we shouldn't try, as <laughs> we just give up. But what I am saying, but it's, remember, it's not just about self-effort, because that approach will totally fail. You're going to fall flat on your face, and all you're going to end up doing is feeling just feeling bad. You're just going to feel feel condemned. Not as any com there's no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. But what I mean, Romans eight says, but but the devil will try and make us feel condemned. I you know we've say you've, you've given into a temptation and and and. You know, done something that's not right that we know is sin, and you know we feel bad, and we feel feel condemned, and we feel we've let God down, we feel like we've let ourselves down, we feel like we've let other people down, and all those things that the devil will condemn us with. You know, so it's not about tr just just trying a little bit harder. You know, if you ever heard that, it's, it's it's missing the point. It's about that new nature becoming our nature as the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, and as we become subject um, to that new nature, and then that fruit of the Spirit can be can grow in us. Amen. So the calling our lives has become more and more Christ-like. So we we become more and more like Jesus by the fruit of the Spirit, remember, which is the very nature of, of God, the very character of Jesus Himself. By that, by that outworking, by that character of Jesus outworking in our lives. Amen. Yeah, you know, we become more 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 Christ-like by by patience, by the fruit of the Spirit. Let's take one section: patience by the outworking in in our daily lives. You know, sometimes we, there are things we have to just just trust God for, and just have to just be patient. Um, you know, just be patient in the outworking of that. Um, sometimes, you know, faith and patience always go together, and and sometimes faith is, is sometimes the easier <laughs> of the two because um, we may not struggle trusting God, but we struggle with the patient bit in in between. But that we can we can become patient um, as that as that nature outworks in our lives. Remember, not just trying a bit harder, not some sort of behaviour modification rehab program. No, it's about that our very nature being totally transformed, living under the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know, um, you know, kindness. You know, Jesus was so kind in all that he did. He had so much compassion for people. You know, we, we will be kinder people as we make ourselves subject to that new nature. We'll, we'll be full of love in, in everything that we do. You know, that is the essence of, of who God is, that God is love. Amen. But as we make ourselves more subject 
um, you know, to the nature of God, then they will be able to love in the way that God loves. Remember, Jesus said you have to love love your enemies and pray for those who persecute. It's, it's easy to love those that um, those that love you, but Jesus said it's got to go way, way deeper than that. And and you know, Jesus could love his enemies, the very people that put him on the cross, he could st he still love them. The religious leaders that were just at the time who were just tying people up in knots and and um, just tying people up in religion and kind of missing the essence of what it was to have a relationship with God. Then then Jesus just just loved and loved and loved and loved. In, in, in everything that he did and even those that rejected him and wanted him wanted him dead and those that betrayed him and and those that abandoned him and those who were supposed to be his best friends and said they'd always be there for him and denied him and all those things that that that, that jesus dealt with jesus was just so full of love you know but that just can't naturally happen it has to be it's a spirit remember these are spiritual the spiritual gifts that are the fruit of the spirit himself and that's the outwork from our lives and we can become more and more christ-like Okay, time's going, so we'll start to bring this in for a close. Gone very, time's gone very quick again. Now, it's important to say, and we're going to, so we're going to look at this, the, the different aspects of these fruit over the next over the next few weeks. So, I just want to just use an analogy because it's important to say this. Just use the analogy of natural fruit. Um, that these are not fruit to pick and choose. And what I mean by that, let's so use a natural example. So. I do like a lot of I do like a lot of fruit. Some people may not like any fruit. I don't know. But I do quite like a lot of fruit, like maybe more the standard ones, apples and you know bananas and oranges. You know that satsumas, those type of fruit. But just 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 what I like, I suppose is my palate, <laughs> taste palates like. Um, taste palates is that term? You know what I mean? Just what my palate is. Um, I'm not a fan of other types of fruit. For example, I really don't like kiwi fruit. Maybe you love kiwi fruit, but to me, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't even give it a one out of ten. Uh, tomato is another example. Tomatoes is a fruit. Before you email me, it's not a vegetable. <laughs> it definitely is a fruit because um, it's got seeds inside it. That's the definition of a fruit. Anyway, so um, tomatoes. I can't stand tomatoes. I'm fine with tomato ketchup. And in fact, if tomatoes are on a pizza or something, I'm, you know, or a tomato base on a pizza, I'm fine with as well. Weirdly, um, but tomatoes themselves, I never ever ever <laughs> will choose to eat them because I really don't like the taste or the texture or the gooiness of them. I don't know. I just do not like tomatoes. I'm not a fan at all. Now, now the reason for saying that as is, you know, so with with these, these natural fruit, I can pick and choose them. I can pick the ones I like, and I don't have to eat the ones I, I don't like. That'd be weird if I force myself to to eat ones I don't like. But the reason for saying all that is the nine fruit that we've, uh, you know, that we're talking about here. They're not fruit, different fruit that we can pick and choose. They're not like where you can just say, well, I like that one, but I don't like this one over here. And yeah, I really, really love that one. That one's that one's amazing. But uh, this one over here, I, I can't stand it. I'm not going to go near it. You know, that, is not, <laughs> that is not right. You know, we can't pick and choose. Um, you know, for example, to say, well, I, I'm great with love. You know, I'm all, all for loving people. You know, but as for as for patience, as for just trusting God, as for just being patient, you know, whilst it all goes on, or even being patient with people, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not so good with that one. No, that's that's not right. Or maybe you so you could think, well, I'm all for peace. I'm all for having the peace of God in my life. That's what I want, the peace of God through every situation. And we know of course the peace of God, you know, transcends all understanding. Of course that's all, all correct. But imagine if you had the view of, well, I'm all for peace and I just want the peace of God and I need the peace of God never every ever every area of my life I want it to do with my anxieties and to do with my worries but there's no way I'm having self-control no chance all for peace love peace self-control can't stand it I'm not going near it I don't like that fruit don't like the taste of that fruit at all <laughs> of course that would be totally wrong right so these are not fruit that we can pick and choose these are all they're not in order of importance either 
I do think obviously love kind of binds all the others together. I think there's probably uh, you know truth in that. But they're not in order of importance, and and, and they're all vital in a life of believer. And it's also important to say they're not they're not nine separate fruit at all. They're actually one fruit, and that can and and if you think about it in that way, just get kind of get your mind around that. They're one fruit. They're almost like segments of the, the, the same fruit. That's kind of how I see it in my mind's eye. And that kind of deals with the, the thing of us thinking that we can pick and choose. Because we think, well, this is nine different fruits and I like that one, I don't like that one. No, it's not nine fruits. It's, it's not nine fruit, it's just it's one fruit and there's different aspects of this one fruit. How I, how I think of it in my mind's eye is like a satsuma or like an orange, you know, it's got different segments. They're, and you can pull it off in segments and, and eat different segments, but they're, they're different segments, but of the same fruit so these are the fruit of the spirit they're not to pick and choose and they're one fruit that god desires to grow and he desires to grow love in you and joy and peace and kindness and and faithfulness and gentleness and etc he desires to produce all of those in you you know as you make your life subject to him and as the, as the power of the holy spirit the spirit that dwells within us as it works in our lives amen praise god praise god so we're going to look at different time time has gone already so we're going to look at different aspects of this one fruit. Remember, it's not nine fruit. We're going to look at it over, over different different weeks. And we're going to look at different aspects, um, you know, each week. But remember, they're one fruit. Um, we're going to do that over the next um, over the next few weeks. Um, we'll start with love, love next week. So that that'll be awesome. So you know, let's let's just desire in our hearts to be to be more and more Christ-like. But remember, it's not just about trying a bit harder. Amen. It's not a behavior modification program. It's about our lives being subject to his life. And as the Holy Spirit dwells within us, we have a revelation of that and a revelation that his nature will needs to become our nature. Amen. It will become our nature as we allow that to happen. And just like Jesus was full of peace and joy and kindness and all the, the this nine aspects of one fruit, remember it's one, you know, just like Jesus was subject to that, then we can become more and more Christ-like as we become subject to that because that is God's ultimate desire for us as well as he wants us to reach the lost and all those other amazing things he wants us to do and uh, to see people pray for people and to see them healed and all those incredible things he, he absolutely desires for us but his ultimate goal for, for you as a believer is for you to become more and more christ-like amen praise god let's let's pray thank you jesus thank you lord thank you jesus lord it's just so amazing that the holy spirit dwells within us Lord, and we just thank you, Lord. It's such such a such a privilege, Lord, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Lord, and we recognise too, Lord, that we were bought at a price. Lord, we no longer belong to ourselves. Lord, Lord, we belong to you. We thank you for the truth of that. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for what you won on the cross for us. Thank you for our sinful nature, our old passions and desires, as, as the Apostle Paul talks about, or they were nailed to that cross. And you, you've dealt with that, Lord God. You you destroyed all the power of the sinful nature, Lord God. You, you nailed that sinful nature to the cross. And you've now given us a brand new nature as the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Lord, we desire, Lord, to be a body of people, Lord, that are completely subject to your spirit. Lord, to be guided by your, guided by your spirit, as Paul says, Lord God to be subject to your spirit, Lord. We, Lord, we desire to become more and more Christ-like, Lord, day after day after day. Lord, outwork that fruit in us, and there's nine aspects of this one fruit, Lord. Lord, help us not to try and pick and choose, Lord God, because we know that Lord, that's not how it works. Lord God, we want us to be more like you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that we are spiritual people, that we are not normal people, Lord. We, we are spiritual. Our spiritual eyes are open, Lord God, and spiritually you, you desire to continue transforming us. Lord, from glory to glory. Lord, we pray that in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Praise God. So it's been so good to, to kind of kick off the subject of the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to look at love um, next week and of course the other nine segments of, of the fruit of the Spirit over the coming weeks. Um, yeah, but it's been great to catch up with you all. Uh, just, just to reiterate again what I said at the, right at the beginning, um, we're very, very close to having dates for a physical prayer meeting and physical momentum meetings. Um, hopefully, <laughs> well, I've probably said this before, but hopefully it won't be this week. Um, I, mean, I don't mean the events will be this week, but I mean you'll get the dates this week. We'll give you plenty of notice and obviously you, you have to, you know, um, you know, sign in through the or register through the app, etc. Um, for those events because of you know the government's track and trace we have to have a registration system so we know how many people are coming and who's coming um etc but anyway we'll, we'll obviously i'll give you all the info for that as to, as to how it's all how it's all going to work um etc um, but hopefully prayerfully uh this week will be the week um you know we'll give you some dates um yeah yeah and then we can go from there but that'd be really exciting you know to be able to meet together for the youth to be able to meet together um yeah that'd be, that'd be awesome Okay, have a very blessed week. You know, there's lots of stuff obviously going on in the news at the moment. And as I've said right from the beginning, don't let fear enter your heart. Um, you know, with, where people, you know, when, when the news love a bit of fear and, you know, and fear sells newspapers and all those kind of, kind of things. And, you know, we need to be, I, I nothing not, not wrong to obviously be aware of to watch the news, be aware of what's going on. In our world but don't in any way let fear enter your heart let's be we've talked weeks and weeks about faith you know let's be people of, of total faith who are completely trusting god you know in this situation that our, our country and and our world um is going through right now you know with covid let's find our complete and utter peace and and, and trust um in him amen and just remember that i talked about last week as we as a lot of talk in our world about vaccines um, at the moment and about a vaccine for covid that, that faith you know, is the vaccine for fear. If you're feeling fear and anxiety in your heart about what's going on in our world, you know, that is not, I just want to say to you, that is not God's desire for you. That's not God's heart for you. He wants you to, to know his peace, that peace that passes all understanding as Paul uh, talks about. He wants you to sleep well at, at night. He wants you to have, you know, total trust in him, not to worry about the job or the economy or, you know, or your, or your family, just to find your total uh, security in in him amen 1 peter 5 8 says cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you amen so find your complete peace in him and don't let ever let fear enter your hearts amen have a very blessed week myself and wendy we very much miss you and um, we look forward to physically meeting um in those different ways that are, that are coming up that'd be awesome um but we continue to pray for you just praying for god's peace and provision um, in every area of your life god bless you bye